Hello, mamas. Welcome back to the Expecting Mom podcast. We're on episode four, and I am coming to you from my laundry room right now. I have one baby coloring, the oldest, one baby sleeping, the toddler, and one baby sleeping while baby wearing the baby. Um, And I'm in my laundry room because I am locked out of my office. And I know there's like stuff in there I need to like deal with. I I definitely have a to-do list in there that is just being neglected to the max. And that door has not been unlocked. I don't know, for several days, I think since Friday and today is Tuesday. (laughs) If you can believe that. But I just haven't made it a priority to unlock it. And I feel like that is mom life right there. Like the kids did something and I don't even have time to clean up this spill because I have a hundred million other things going on. So if you're the expecting mom that doesn't have children yet, there's a little glimpse into some of the crazy (laughs) that happens. And I can't even say that it was my toddler that locked it. It was the eight-year-old or the almost eight-year-old. So today I want to talk about nursemaid elbow because yesterday Clark got nursemaid elbow and it was a big thing. Um, And I also want to talk about intuition because that kind of played a little bit of a role in yesterday's happenings as well. So let's just start with like, what the heck is nursemaid elbow? It's kind of like it's not quite a dislocation. So nurse made elbow is really common. It's a common injury in toddlers, like one to four years old. And it happens when a child's elbow elbow is pulled and it kind of partially dislocates. So it's not a dislocated elbow, um, but it is a little unaligned. It's like a pulled elbow. Okay. Um, And it's called nursemaid's elbow. And the reason it's called nursemaid's elbow is because it was named at a time when nursemaids, aka nannies, were really common. Um, And it was like this repetitive injury that was happening when these nannies were like pulling along, you know, on, on a child, like, come on, come on, let's go. And I guess that's why, that's why it's called nursemaid's elbow. Nursemaid is another term for like a nanny. And now I'm really wondering, did they nurse? Is that like wet nurse, nurse maid? I don't know. I'll have to Google that. Um, but anyway, so it can happen super easily with very little force. Um, I, I have heard about nursemaid's elbow a while ago and I didn't know it was called nursemaid's elbow, but I, I just remember reading at some point, sometime, not to do that fun game where you grab your kid's hands and spin them around in a circle because even, you know, even when they weigh 20, 15, 20, 30, I guess you wouldn't do it with a 15 pound kid. That's like an infant, but you know, that can put too much stress on their elbow. And I knew that was bad, but that's one way that you can get this, this common Um, injury to your elbow and it can happen anytime when there's force exerted on the child's arm with it outstretched pulling you know at the elbow elbow joint and it most often occurs from somebody pulling 
But it can also just occur kids being like rambunctious and wild and crazy. So it's super common. And again, it's common in ages one to four, um, you know, one when they're being more active. And it usually you don't see it in five, six, seven and older children because their ligaments will tighten as they get older. So it has to do with them being like really loose and bendy and flexible. So what the heck happened to us? My toddler got nursemaid's elbow. I like watched it happen. Of course, he didn't know that's what happened immediately. But we were on a walk around noon because I remember thinking, and this is an ironic part, is that last week I was having a lot of like postpartum depression symptoms and I just wasn't on my game like I normally am, reasonably so. And I didn't take the kids out all week, like on a walk or anything outside. You know, I kicked them out in the backyard, but that was it. And it's probably been more than a week that I haven't really gone on a walk. We've been doing a lot of like, just go run around outside while I do other things, you know, burnout. (laughs) Anyways, that's a different story for a different podcast. But yesterday I was like, okay, I am determined that this is going to be a good week. And that's one of the things that makes me feel good is getting outside, not just my kids, but getting me outside. So I told myself, let's go outside. We're going to go outside and go for a walk before lunch. So I know it was around, around noon. Um, And the day was already starting to get ahead of me. So it definitely was noon or a little afternoon. We went for a walk around the block and all was so jolly and well and wonderful. And the weather is great here right now. Um, And Clark wanted to get out and walk ahead, which is fine. He usually does that. And he was so cute. He had on his little trucker hat. Like it, it really, it gets a trucker style hat, but it also says I heart. And then it has like a trash truck picture on there. It's so cute. Um, And he was running around and running up ahead with Millie and they were going real fast and they got a little bit ahead of me. And Millie is trained to not cross the street without me. So she knows that if we get to, you know, the point where we have to cross the street that she stops and waits for me to catch up and then we cross together. So they were both ahead of me. And of course, Clark doesn't know that rule. And I mean, the street that we were on, there's zero cars, zero traffic. We're like on the inner streets of our, um, residential area and she's following the rule. So she does not want him to cross the street and she's grabbing his arm. He gets mad and flails all around. Okay. Oh my goodness. So I catch up to them and, um, you know, he's still mad. I'm like, Clark, we can't cross the street until, until mom's here. Look, look at this car. You, you know, you don't want to get hit by a car. And, And he's not really fussing too much. And then he's kind of like whining. So I'm like, okay, you want to sit in the stroller? Yeah, sit in the stroller. And and he's asking for a boo-boo bag. And we just, I just got these boo-boo bags for the kids. And they're just little bags with the rice inside. And you can heat them up or you can keep them in the freezer. And they have cute, fun prints. I will link to the shop that I got them from. But I got them um, right before Easter. So we just got them. But Clark loves them, you know, the toddler is always like hitting his face on things. So I, I mean, it was funny because the, the day that, that I got them, um, Clark smashed his face and got like a goose egg. And I, 
And I was like, oh, I haven't even put the boo-boo bag in the freezer yet. <laughs> but here, here's a boo-boo bag. And, and he really likes them. So he asks for them um, all the time. Or if Millie gets hurt, he goes, oh, boo-boo bag. And anyways, he loves these boo-boo bags. So he's saying he wants the boo-boo bag. Well, okay, okay. As soon as we get home, I'll get you a boo-boo bag. Um, and it's also, you know, past 12 o'clock. We haven't eaten lunch yet. And we're bordering on nap time. You know, I, I'm telling you, I don't have my act together. <laughs> Ideally, we would be already heading into nap right now. Um, and so I chalk it up to him being just fussy. I get him the boo-boo bag and he's still so fussy, so tired, you know, and he is saying, ow, you know, ow, it hurts, boo-boo bag. And, but nothing too crazy, just a little whiny, just like as if he was tired. So I... I had Eloise in the carrier the whole time and I nurse him, put him to sleep and I get up and he, the way that he was laying and nursing, he was like laying on the elbow. That is the nursemaid's elbow here that we don't know of yet. And when I got up, he kind of rolled a little bit more onto it and I was already kind of had my guard up, you know? So here's my intuition. I'm not sure like if it's, that he's fussy, he's tired, or if he's actually hurt. And Clark's pretty resilient. Um, he either hurts himself and I say, are you okay? He says, yep. And he goes off and he's good. Or, you know, he's crying and he's in tears because it hurts so bad, right? So he wasn't quite doing one of those. And I wasn't 100% sure if it was nap, you know, if it was just that he was tired or if he was really hurt. And, you know, my intuition's kind of telling me that something's off, but I wanted more signs. And he's laying on his arm, so I kind of like turned him a little bit so he would be laying not on his arm. And he woke up and he was just fussing, ow, ow, ow. Okay, like that's not a normal thing. Um, normally I could move him just fine and he would just kind of go back to sleep. And he was not doing that this time. So he's up from nap and my thought, you know, obviously he's injured. There's no swelling. There's no bruising. There's no obvious, you know, visual telling me that he's hurt. It's just the way that he's acting and the fact that he wants his boo-boo bag and the fact that he's like still fussing after maybe an hour has gone by. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, crap, what do I do? Like, do I take him to the emergency room? Is this something I just go into the pediatrician for luckily so I told you that I had, had already known not to swing the kids around from the arms because that could injure them but I didn't when I learned that fact that was like I don't I can't even remember when I learned that but I didn't know then that it was called nursemaid's elbow but someone I follow on Instagram had recently and recently maybe in the last six months had shared that her toddler daughter had gotten nursemaid's elbow and she kind of talked about what they did. And, and so that put the name in my head, probably cause I thought it was a funny name. And I knew right away, like this, that's what happened to Clark. Like his elbow got pulled out of its socket, right? Like that I hadn't researched anything, but just hearing her account and then observing my child, I was like, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. So I knew what to Google, you know. So then I Googled nursemaid's elbow 
And it does require that a physician like set it. And that's um, actually called a reduction. Um, and they just kind of manipulate the arm in such a way that the bone and the ligament kind of like pop, pop back into place. Um, so I knew we had to do that. And I'm, I was pretty sold on the fact my intuition is telling me like it's nursemaid's elbow, but I didn't like, I'm not a medical professional. So I ended up calling the nurse advice line through our insurance and she asked me a couple questions and was pretty sure that's what it was. I was like, oh, okay, good. That's what I thought it was too. And the one thing that she had asked me, um, you know, because you can't see anything. It's all based off of their temperament. The only thing you can visually see is that they're not using that arm at all. And I had already tried that with him and she had asked me, you know, go ahead and, and see if he'll if he'll use his arm. And it had been maybe a, you know, an hour since I had tried it. So I was like, okay, let me see. And, and nope, sure enough, he reached all the way across his body to use his right arm instead of his left arm. And he had also been sitting, you know, at this point he was awake from his nap and I gave him some cartoons and I gave him like a pillow to prop his arm up on. And he had not moved that arm off that pillow. Like what two-year-old is not so wiggly that they are, you know, getting up and down off pillows in and out of their seat, et cetera, et cetera. I ended up having to make several calls. Um, we have Kaiser, so it's a really big, you know, medical, I don't even know what you would call it, group. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like I can just like call the pediatrician's office. Like when I call, I go to like a call center and then they put in a note to the pediatrician and it was kind of a process and it was kind of annoying. Um, by the time I got the answer as to when I could go in to the pediatrician, you know, the nurse was saying, well, there's no way you can get in today. They don't have any openings, but you can do tomorrow in the morning. And I was like, what? There's no way I'm going tomorrow in the morning. This was like the third person I had talked to on the, on the phone too. So keep this in mind if you have not chosen your pediatrician yet and you have a little more flexibility, you know, find an office if this is important to you and you have the flexibility that you could just like call and be like, hey, <laughs> my kid's elbows out you pop it in and, and just like go in and, and do it um, of course this is also covid times and so there's like the need to like screen everything and you can't just like walk in to doctor's offices and all that stuff that's fun so it was probably like 345 i think i'm not exactly sure and they were like, well, it can be tomorrow or you can take him to the ER. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to let him go all night like this. Like he's in pain and I decided to take him to the emergency room. So when I shared this, I was like, oh, first time going to the ER. But in actuality, like it wasn't that dramatic of an event and it really could have been something that was handled in a doctor's office, but with our circumstances and being with 
you know, pediatricians that have so many patients that are like booked all day. We had to go into the emergency room. And part of the funny thing here, I guess not really funny. So now, you know, Jared had come home and Clark is all excited that Dada's home. So he like gets up, Dada, Dada's home and and runs over to him and my husband's like, uh, okay, are you sure he needs to go to the emergency room right now? And I can tell <laughs> he doesn't believe me. And he didn't argue with me on it at all. And I was like, no, he will not use that arm. I am telling you that something is wrong and I'm pretty sure it's this nursemaid's elbow and he needs to go get it fixed and we need to go do it now. And my husband, you know, thankfully he didn't give me a hard time or anything. He trusted that my mother's intuition was correct. Just like I always trust that my mother's intuition is telling me the right thing. And, um, he maybe a little begrudgingly <laughs> drove us to the emergency room Mind you, he had been working since like 5 a.m. And now it's almost it's almost 5 p.m. It was like 4 o'clock. And, you know, he hadn't even changed his work clothes, nothing yet. So he was a little hesitant to do so. But I didn't hear anything from him negative. And he took us there and we got there. And I really wanted to take Clark in. I knew it was going to be like upsetting to have his elbow set. But they wouldn't let me go in with Eloise. So I would have had to leave the baby with dad. And I was just nervous to also do that because, you know, I didn't know how long the emergency room was going to take. So at that point I was like, no, I'm going to go in with Clark. And I start to hand Eloise to dad and she's in the baby carrier on the boob. And I take her off the boob and I'm like, no, there's no way this is going to work. I don't know how long I'm going to be in there. I can't just leave you with Eloise mid nursing session. Um, I guess you're going to have to go in with her, I say. And he's like, okay, that's fine. He starts to hand me the keys to the car. And I'm all, you're not going to know anything to say. <laughs> like clearly upset, you know, that I don't get to go in with my child. And then also I just was like, he, you know, he didn't know what had happened. And he was already like, what do I say? That it's like a nurse elbow. I'm like, no, it's called nurse maid's elbow. I already told you. Um, so you know, the, the nurse that came out to let us in to the emergency room. Cause again, you have to line up outside the doors, six feet apart, blah, blah, blah. Someone comes out to get you tell, tells you, you know, only one person can go in, et cetera, et cetera. And she was like hearing the distress in my voice. She was like, Oh no, it's okay. You can tell me right now. I was like, okay. So I was able to at least talk to her. So the whole story was in there. And then Millie and Eloise and I had to go, you know, back to the car and wait it out. And luckily it was only an hour and, and Clarky came out and like ran to me and was like, mama, mama, mama. And he had a little sticker on that said, I was so brave. And they're like, and I was just so happy that he wasn't crying hysterically. And as upset as I was initially when I couldn't go in with him, I also am kind of glad that I did it. Jared said that the doctor kind of was, you know, f examining and investigating, I almost said, <laughs> um, but was feeling up Clark's arm 
and being very gentle and Clark was kind of like wincing and he had to, you know, end up turning his palm a certain way and like completely bending his elbow and that Clark just immediately started crying. Um, So, I mean, that hurts. If you Google nursemaid's elbow, it does say that it's uncomfortable. So I was happy, I guess, to miss that part, but I also you know, wanted to be there to comfort him. Obviously, in our case, I tend to be more comforting than dad. And anyways, when he came out of the hospital, he was happy and he ran to me and gave me a hug. And I was like, oh, yay. And I was like, he's still not really using his arm. And Jared had said that the doctor said, you know, he might not use his arm for maybe another 30 minutes till he realizes that it doesn't hurt anymore. And that's pretty similar to what I had read online. Basically, I mean, there is some varying information, of course, with anything that you Google search that the child will feel discomfort upon getting the reduction, but should feel relief immediately after and ranging to like, oh, the child may may not use their arm for another like hour or so. And... But that, that, that's all you have to do. And I think I did read one website that said, and this is just like how my brain works as a mother, I, which is why I don't like Googling things because I have to read like every single one because the internet, you just don't know. Um, anyways, so there was, I think, one account that it said like immobilizing the elbow can help um, because sometimes it can just like pop right back out when you first do it. It's like if you have an extremely like active child, you might want to immobilize, but the, the emergency room doctor didn't seem concerned with that at all. And that's what they had said that Clark would start using his arm like within the hour. Well, that was the only thing that didn't ring true. Everything else was like, check, check, check. It's textbook, textbook nursemaid's elbow. But the recovery, so Clark continued to not use his arm all night and actually was more fussy and whiny and complaining more about pain after the reduction than he was before. So that was a little concerning to me. I honestly thought that it didn't work or that it had popped out, like maybe while we were getting him in the car seat or something, it it dislocated again. Because he was waking up in pain, in discomfort, and not inconsolable. Like once he had cuddles, you know, he was okay and he would go back to sleep. But definitely not using his arm within the hour. So I was really concerned about that. And he was waking up like a newborn. (laughs) Like he woke up more than Eloise last night and he I think about 1 a.m. I remember looking at my phone and thinking oh my gosh it's 1 a.m. and that was the last time he had woken up and I actually opened up my Kaiser app and made an appointment with his pediatrician for a follow-up because I was thinking that it the reduction didn't work because he was still in so much pain and he was still fussing just as much as before but then we woke up at maybe like five and well, I woke up at five and he didn't wake up again until his normal wake up time around seven. And when he got up, 
he like ran out to me happy as a clam and I was like oh Mr. Bubba's how are you doing are you fine are you all better and he's all I'm fine no more boo-boo like okay great (laughs) and no issues nothing moving his arm all around running all around no complaining no pain no discomfort so that was the weirdest part right there is is that whole waking through the night and he was supposed to use his arm in an hour. So that didn't happen, but I'm happy to report he is 100% again. And, you know, just to sum up here, nursemaid's elbow, super common. Do not feel bad if you give nursemaid's elbow to your child and they're just primed for it with being so small and unruly and flexible um, and rambunctious. So the thing to note here is to, you know, trust your intuition and be an observer of your child. Like as mothers, that's our job is to know our child best. And we do that by observing them and responding to their needs and being responsive and in trusting our intuition, the more you halt that intuition or ignore that intuition, the harder it is for you to find it and for you to hear it in the future. So I really often with my babies hear like, wow, you're so good with them. You're so great with babies. Um, Your babies are such good babies. And really, it's just that I'm really responsive to them and I'm really observant of them so I can understand their needs and I can help them. So just keep doing that from day one. I don't know if you can hear my kids being loud. Everyone is awake now, of course. They're singing Frozen. Um, Anyways, back to the intuition. Trust your intuition because elbows made... Um, can just be one of those things that flies under the radar. If you have a really active child and a really um, like resilient, low or uh, not low pain tolerance, high pain tolerance child, I could very well see this going unnoticed because it's not like he, Clark wasn't using his arm. He was just like, no, well, no, that's not true. He really was not using it. He would just have it in one position. But I can see how a child that might get, you know, unnoticed is what I'm trying to say, that they would keep playing and they would just not really move their arm and you maybe wouldn't notice too much. I just got lucky that Clark is verbal enough to, you know, ask for the boo-boo bag and say boo-boo, ow, 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 mom, ow, arm hurt. Because I'm thinking, you know, when my oldest was two, she had a speech delay And she would not have been able to tell me those things. Should this had happened to her, she would not have been able to tell me those things. And she is a highly sensitive child. Everything, you know, anytime she gets hurt, it's the end of the world. So it's hard to discern as a parent with a nonverbal child how much something really is hurting. So you really have to, like, know your child's mannerisms and and things like that. So if it goes unnoticed like you are not alone I guarantee you someone hasn't noticed their nursemaid's elbow on their child Um, but I just encourage you to trust that intuition and not to doubt it I mean my intuition told me to make that appointment I mostly was scared I wouldn't be able to like get in I didn't want to do the ER thing again 
um, just for obvious reasons with like COVID and that's kind of scary. And then it also is more expensive than seeing just your pediatrician in the pediatrician's office. So that was kind of me just, just in case, you know, I, and then in the morning, I, after I saw he was fine for several hours, I just canceled the appointment and it was just a video appointment too, which is how they're doing everything anyways right now. But that's, you know, I'm getting off track here. Trust your intuition. I can tell you that if I wasn't 100% secure in my mom gut, when my husband was like, are you sure he's okay? He's running around and he's jumping around. I might have said, well, I don't know. We can wait a little longer and then maybe, you know, we would have never gone in or he would have just went to sleep or we would have missed it. We would have been in the ER at 10 o'clock at night or, or something But I am so, you know, firm in my intuition and and trusting it that I was like, no, I don't, you're wrong. You know, I know my child best. And honestly, like I've been here with my child all day. You just are seeing him really excited right now because you're home, which my husband understood. But you can see how that is just one example of how that has happened. Um, And I can give you another example. We just started swimming lessons with Amelia and you know I know my child best and I I mean I homeschool I'm her teacher every single day and I let a male instructor and also my husband who is more of the tough love parenting style than I am and yes we butt heads on that a lot but um mostly we're good at balancing each other out. So like I soften him up a little bit and he gets me to be a little bit more consistent and firm when needed. So it really works out really well. But sometimes we butt heads and I had him and the male swim instructor getting me to second guess my intuition on how to best teach my child. And, you know, I don't know how to freaking swim either. (laughs) which is why I'm like making sure my child has swim lessons. Um, So, you know, I'm trusting someone that knows better than me in swimming, but no, false. You know your child better than anyone else. So if your intuition is telling you this is the best route for my child, you know, trust that and stick with it and don't let people make you second guess that even if they are experts. So like, you know, the expert in the swimming, the expert, my husband's a really good swimmer too. They don't know what's best for your child. And I mean, in terms of mom and dad, you know, I'm going to, I am constantly referring to mother's intuition. You have more of a bond with your child than your husband does. You have known your child longer than your husband does. And this is especially true for like the parent that is the primary caretaker generally knows their child a little more in depth than the other parent does. So just a reminder to trust your instincts, to go with your gut and don't be so quick to second guess it. And if you're like, okay, Lizzie, like, Yeah, you're so good at trusting your intuition. It really is something that takes practice. Like you just have to, it's, it's like a meal plan. You're going to suck at it at first and you're going to fail and you're just going to like do it the wrong way a few times and then you're just going to get back on it. And the more you trust it, 
the more you get your meal plan right or, or whatever. I don't know why meal plan came to my brain because I'm a tend to be a healthy eater. But the more you do it, the more you trust in it, the more you listen to it, the easier it is and the louder it will be for you. So that's my advice for you in terms of mother's intuition. My goal is to share more ways that you can listen to your intuition and more ways you can trust your intuition and more ways your intuition will scream at you. Because I really think that we have gotten so far away that a lot of mothers aren't hearing their intuition at all and they're looking to outside sources for how to best um, parent their child when they themselves are the best source. If you didn't look to anything, you didn't ask for any advice, I guarantee you, you would do everything that is exactly perfect for your child. And that's just the message that I want to portray in being like an intuition-based mom and helping you guys hear your intuition and use your intuition. Okay, that's all I have for you. I gotta go make sure my kids are, no, they're definitely alive. I can hear them. Um, I will have another podcast coming soon. I never know how to end these, so I need to work on this. I do remember that I wanted to say, don't forget if you liked this episode to take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag me at Fierce Lizzie. I would love to reshare you. And I would also just love to share this information with as many moms as we can. All right. Bye, mamas.